Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So as you guys requested, we've got another one of the amazing clients uh, coming on. So Cassandra has agreed to come on. I didn't uh, force her uh, to come on at all, but I was more than happy to have a chat. And Cassandra's story is incredible. Uh, Cassandra's nearly down about 30 pounds now, I think it is. But I'm going to let Cassandra kind of take over and um, talk about her journey because I think people are latching on to the the, the stories, the, the human side of things, because it's all well and good. Myself and Stephen or Dallas, whatever his real name is, um, talking about protein, all that kind of stuff. But I think if it, when it's a human aspect, people latch on to that. So, Cassandra, thank you so much for, for coming on. You're more than welcome. So, so, Cassandra, I'm going to let you take over uh, the, the microphone. I might not get it back. But I'm going to let you uh, take over and kind of talk through your story and why you are, why or how you started. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I uh, wasn't looking for a coach as such when I found yourself. I was actually just looking for some motivation, which I obviously learned. I don't get that at the beginning. It's not until you start seeing results that you actually feel motivated. Um, so I was listening to some of your podcasts because I had tried doing this on my own. I tried to, like, I've kind of struggled with my weight for, I'd say since I was about 19, I was fairly active as a teenager. I still ate lots of junk food, but I was really active. I, I walked everywhere, I cycled, I played sports, and I never had to worry about my weight because of it. And then, like most people, I got a car and I was still eating the same way and the sports fell off. And, you know, I just I kind of gave up on everything like that and it wasn't even laziness with the car. It was just that I enjoyed driving so much. I mean, I, I love driving. I, I drive for a living as it is now. But um, because I love driving, I get the car. And then obviously that eventually turned to laziness because then it got to a point where I just got in the car. It was just a, an automatic reaction then. So the weight started to kind of come on then. And I, I started to notice that and I was trying to do things. So I tried some slimming clubs as you love. <laughs> and, um, and they didn't work out. I, I'm not really sure why they didn't work out. There was... They were they were quite restrictive. I mean, like if you were given, I don't know, 21 points as they put in one club for a day and a bar of chocolate was seven of that. I mean, it's a third of your meal gone on the bar of chocolate that I really wanted. And that was like, I have a really sweet tooth. So I really wanted to, to have the chocolate. So I was trying to find ways. And then before you knew it, you were over your points by maybe 20 points by the end of the day. And you got no results. Like you might get results for the first week, first two weeks. And then it starts to slip because like you know yourself getting on the scales each week seeing it going up and down can be very disheartening especially when you don't understand why it's going up and down and that's a big thing that I've learned from working with you is the scales is not the the end of not the be all and the end all um because of like the progress photos and stuff like that are amazing but so I got married last year and I remember saying to one of my cousins I'm not going to be like a big bride and not that there's a massive issue with that but for me I didn't want to be big on my wedding day and I was exactly the size I expected to be I was I was big because well not that I expected to be size I wanted to avoid being but I just I just couldn't put the work in because I couldn't do it on my own my own I tried joining another slimming club and that just was an absolute disaster they call every individual out one by one and ask them you know, how did you do this week? And at least in the in the, the Weight Watchers I assume it's okay to say the name um they would say, does anybody want to share their, their how they did this week? But in the other play, in the other one, it was like, right, how did you do this week? And if you don't want to talk about it, you're being asked in a room of 40 people and you might have been up a couple of pounds and you already feel crap about it. And then they're making you tell everybody in the room how crap you feel about what you've done or how you've done. So that one lasted about two weeks. And I came up on that one straight away because I didn't like the, the process. And then I tried on my own, but I was taking information from the internet about this diet and that diet. And 
And I never really wanted to be on a diet. It just the idea of telling people I'm on a diet, just I don't know, I didn't like the sound of it. So I used to always say, I'm just trying to eat healthier. You know, I'm just trying to make little changes. And I, I just didn't. I didn't have the right information. So when I started listening to your podcast and hearing the stuff you were talking about, with like the female cycle and the, you need the extra calories and stuff like that, it kind of drew me in. And I thought maybe I should give this guy a call. So I contacted you, but I wasn't actually looking for a coach at the time. But I'm glad that I'm glad that I found you anyway. So but um, I've also got four kids and in each of my pregnancies, I had gestational diabetes. So I'm now 50% higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes later in life. Um, and I don't want that because it's one thing to be not allowed to have a bar of chocolate because you're on a restrictive diet, but to not be able to have it because it can affect your health. That's even a bigger deal then for me. Um, and obviously, I, I don't want to be worrying about having highs and lows and your blood sugars around my kids. Um, I have like I have a 15 year old stepdaughter. I have six, a four and a two year old. So I'm really busy at home. So trying to find time for me to, to do what I needed to do was definitely um definitely difficult when you don't have the right information <clears throat> so when i found yourself i had that's what i was lacking was information i think um and accountability i think was another one having someone to kind of check in with made a big difference because even with the cinnamon clubs you, you go back week to week but from one day to the next day same day the following week there's nobody to call on so there's no real kind of help there if you need it so where have you gone for your information by the slimming clubs? Because I think I think a lot of people, there's so much information out there. And even when I'm researching stuff, there's so much information, so many websites, so many people over all of social media. What kind of information had you looked up? What kind of things had you Googled? Like how- I wouldn't necessarily be looking it up as such, but you know the way your phone watches everything you do now <laughs> and you go on. Like when I go into Instagram now, all I'm getting is, information about um eating differently because obviously that's what i'm kind of doing at the moment so i'm getting all these different people's pages that are just showing up you know suggestions to follow so you kind of get caught up in that sort of thing you start seeing like the keto diets and all this and you see these amazing pictures of people how they've gone from being massive to this tiny person and you kind of look and you go well obviously they could do it but i know that i wouldn't have the discipline to give up all the carbs for the keto diet you know and i couldn't do intermittent fasting because i enjoy eating too much if that's how I ended up getting overweight, my biggest problem was what I was eating, not so much um, that I was eating often. I mean, my kids eat all day long and none of them are overweight like, because they, they go for the fruit before they go for the chocolate. So which not all the time, but most of the time. <laughs> if there's more fruit to be had than the piece of chocolate, they'll go for the fruit. So Yeah, know? but, but I th- as, you, as you've said, and we we're talking off air about it, like you, you've, you've introduced that into your kids' lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't want my kids to ever know what it's like to be overweight and to struggle with your weight. So, um, and I don't want to pass those habits on to my kids. Um, so I have always tried to, from the very beginning, I've cooked. Like I can't stand the smell of fish. I hate cooking fish, but my kids will eat fish three or four times a week and it's their favorite food. So I made a point of cooking things that, even though I didn't eat them, that they would eat. So, um, And they've always eaten. And one of them doesn't eat fish anymore. She's decided she's done with it. And she genu- I genuinely believe she doesn't like it. So I've stopped giving it to her. But the other two, their favorite dinners is fish pie, like, um, and they love their vegetables and stuff. But I think that's because that was what that was, those were the first foods I gave them. I didn't give them chocolates until they were about a year old. Um, that's not to say the grandparents didn't sneak some to them, but <laughs> as grandparents always do. But um, no, we just we made a point of not kind of chocolate is, is a treat, like you know, it's once or twice a week, and that's it. So. How have you, you've got the, I've got some messages from you over the last little while about getting the kids involved with the running that you've taken up over the last little while, the walks, because that was the big thing for yourself because you weren't, you weren't going to the gym. 
uh, obviously, um, with what's going on. Some people didn't feel comfortable and also people don't like going to the gym sometimes, which is there's a different approach for everyone out there. I think it's important to, like you don't have to go to the gym to lose weight. It's what you do outside it, but you've adopted, you get plenty of steps of walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, that's one of the things I love is that it's like, this is for me, it's like minimal effort physically anyway. I don't have to go into a gym and throw weights around the place or, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to pack a bag and leave and go to the gym. For me, that's too much of my time. I need, I need to just take the time I can get. So if I have to waste a half an hour driving to the gym and pack my bag and get ready and then another half an hour coming back, where for me, if I just go out for a walk, I literally just go straight out the door and I can take the kids with me. I can't take them to the gym. So we started, there's a small field up from where we live and there's a pathway around it. So we just started going up there with their scooters and their bikes and, and they were going around, sorry. <clears throat> and the first day I went up, I think I did two or three laps and I was like, right, I'm ready to go home. Now we'll go up and we'll walk around for an hour, two hours, uh, no problem. And the kids are happy. And that's because I've been getting out for walks. So what I try and do is when the, the older three kids are in school in the morning, because obviously two-year-olds still at home with me, I actually had to go and buy a buggy because I've never really, like, a, he's old enough that he walks now. So I kind of got rid of the buggies a while ago. But because I want to go for a long walk in the mornings when the kids are in school, because that's when I have most time to myself. Um, I had to go and buy a buggy just to go for a walk so I could put him in the buggy. So he gets out for a walk with the other kids, so he's happy enough sitting in the buggy while I go walk. But I could walk for an hour or so in the morning just to get the steps in. And then if I'm in work, obviously, my, my job is quite active, so I get the steps anyway. Um, but when I look at the amount of steps I do, say if I don't get out for a walk that day, it just, for me, it shows how important the nutrition is. Because I've every job I've had in the last three or four jobs I've done, I have had really active jobs. I've done a lot of walking. And I've still gained weight instead of losing weight. So like people would say to me now, God, you wouldn't need to go to a gym doing this job, you know. And I always said to them, all I need to do now is just change what I eat and I'll be flying. And that's exactly what's happened is by changing for getting the information I needed for the nutrition, it's made a massive difference because I go for an extra walk a day. But other than that, most of my steps come from work. Has it been easier than you thought? Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing whenever I talk to anybody about this, I say, I can't believe how easy it is. You know, um, it's just, it's the changes for me. It's it's just thinking about what you're going to have ahead of having it rather than before. I would have just picked whatever was that was closest to me or I'd go to the shop and I'd buy something there. Like, like I, I was a massive overeater of foods. You wouldn't believe what I put away in a day. Like, and even when I think about it now, I'm like, my God, do I actually eat all that food? You know, I remember like, I'm, cause I have, I have your, uh, your welcome sheet open up beside me and I'm kind of looking at the, the food and stuff. But one of the big things I remember on the, the initial kind of phone call that we had, the takeaways was, was the, big thing for yourself and I think when I said to you that you can still have the takeaways if you want and you're I think yeah. you're a little bit like hang on what's the trick like, <laughs> yeah. what's the catch why yeah, is this to too from, easy to go from eating as many takeaways as I would have eaten a week like I would have easily eaten four or five takeaways a week and the big issue for me there one of the one of the other reasons why I kind of decided I needed to do something was the 15 year olds would have dinner with the other kids and she'd still be up after they go to bed and that was generally when I would get my takeaway and because I'm polite in a way, <laughs> I wouldn't just sit there and eat in front of her. So we'd get her something. Now it might only be, I don't know, say garlic and cheese chips or something. But to have that four or five times a night a week, having already had another dinner, like I didn't want her to get into the habits I had. So we kind of said, look, we need to. And it was it was more me. My husband wouldn't have always had the, the takeaway with me. Sometimes he'd just say, no, I don't want anything. Um, and then I'd feel a little bit worse because I was the only one having it. But then I would, as I said, I would get something for her. And before you know it, she's going to end up in the same boat I'm in. She's going to she's going to be wanting to get a takeaway in the evening because 
I don't know, it's a comfort food or whatever, you know. So I didn't want her picking up those habits because, as I said, my kids, my smaller, my younger kids were in bed by then. They wouldn't have even known I was having takeaway, you know. Yeah, and I think I, I'm, I, keep, I think we were talking off air, and you're like, oh, we just have it every two weeks now, rather than kind of yeah, having it three or four yeah. times. Like, like you're still including the food you want. You're still having the social occasion with the, with the yeah. family, which I think is hugely important, and making it work for yourself. Um, you've taken up running in the last little while. What made you kind of move towards that? Because that's a that's a massive, massive thing. A lot of people don't enjoy running. Some people yeah. absolutely love it. Um, it's kind of like marmite. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Um, what made you kind of take up the running side of things? Um, I just I kind of enjoy being out there, and I I don't want to spend two hours walking every day. If I can cut that down by running, you know, I know I'm getting less steps, but I'm I'm being a bit more physical. That that's why I kind of why why it started. So when I started, I just wanted to see how far I could run. I think my first night I ran, I know, 1.5K, but I like I was almost dead. By the time I got back to the front door, I could barely open the door. But I just kind of, I started to kind of do a little bit because like I was saying, I'm not interested in being in a gym right now. And you might talk to me next year and I'll probably be in the gym lifting weights. I don't know. But right now at this moment, for me, being able to just throw on some runners, my, my running gear, and just go straight out the door and be back within 20 minutes. Um, well, not 20 minutes if I want to do a good distance, but um, 20 minutes. I, I do kind of 2K most of the time and I've done one or two 5K so far. So that's my kind of every second week I'll try for a 5K and then I'll have my takeaway the next day. Then it's kind of not necessarily a treat for doing my 5K, but just I kind of try and do something that weekend if I know I'm having the takeaway as well. Um, so I kind of try to fit that into that weekend. But um, I enjoy, I actually enjoy being out running. I'm still, I still haven't quite um got my times down or like i struggle a lot to get my breathing going at the beginning but once i what i want is to be able to go out and not be like that the entire run and just be able to run because i like the idea of, of running i just i enjoy it when i'm out so um i just and i wanted to challenge myself i wanted to see if i could do it so um going from the walk into the running so yeah um, like i think for yourself it's been some whatever whatever you can make work for your routine or whatever your routine has looked like, you've made it as simple as possible. Yeah. You've kind of said yourself, right, I don't want to do half an hour each side of the gym plus the gym because that's going to probably take me two hours or could take you two hours depending on what it could be. Um, but you've made it whatever worked for yourself. You've got the kids involved and I think that's a massive thing. Have you changed the way you've kind of planned your week in that regard in that you've kind of looked a little bit more forward with either exercise or food and kind of said, right, I'm going to try and do this for the week, this is my goal for the week, rather than kind of saying, I'll just do when I feel like it. Well, I wouldn't say I don't do it. I wouldn't say I plan completely for the week, but I do try to plan for at least the next day. So I'll try and say to myself, well, when I drop the kids off in the morning, if I don't have anything that needs to be done straight away, I'll go for a walk or I'll try go for the walk before I start getting my things done for the day. So I'll try even get a 20-minute walk in um, just to say just, just to say I've done it. And then if I have time later on, I'll go for another walk. So, but generally... I will get my steps in when I'm in work in the evening. So if I get a walk in the morning, that's extra. Um, but on my days off now, I would have to push myself, not push myself, but at the beginning I would have. Um, now I just, in the mornings, I drop the kids off and there's a park beside the school they go to. So I bring the little fella in and we go for a walk around the park. I, some days I'll take the buggy if it's raining, but I like I don't I don't stop whether it's raining or not. I still go out. So um, And I'll get that walk in in the morning and then I'll go back and I'll have something to eat. And depending on, if I need something in the shops, I'll walk around to the shops instead of driving around and I will go to a shop that's border away as opposed to the, the closest little news agents. I'll walk around. It's maybe a kilometre and a half to the nearest ones. Um, so I try and see, do I need anything? And then I'll walk there and I'll walk back rather than driving around. So, 
And the same with work. And I will park further away from work and I'll walk into work. So maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It saves me on parking and I get extra steps. So it's kind of a win-win, <laughs> you know. It's mad because you're, 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 you can be, you're quite competitive as well. Uh, and Mel, I know, will listen to this. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Mel is another one of Team SWF and uh, Mel came through Cassandra's referral and the two of them have like a steps challenge together. And I was, when I heard it, I was like, oh, this, this could go very badly, very quickly. But uh, it's, it's mad that the accountability for the two of you guys works. I get yeah. the, to get the text messages from you guys uh, yeah. or Mal most days saying, this is what I've done. I'm slightly behind Cassandra. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, the other thing we do as well is because you know the way like you need to drink we need to drink lots of water is we yeah. will send each other pictures when we've emptied a bottle so say if it's a, a 500 ml bottle we'll send pictures to say just like come on get on i'd like to drink your water just to remind each other and um, but it keeps us it makes you pick the bottle up more than you probably would have like before melanie started doing this as well i i was talking to her about it and obviously the more i talked about it the more she thought hold on i need to try this out myself but um when she started it we kind of said like we started with a water challenge let's see who can drink the, the three liters like before the end of the day who gets it finished first and then she came across the step challenge on fitbit so we started doing that so but she absolutely kicked my ass the day she did her she went for a walk she walked her marathon there wasn't oh, yeah. a chance in hell i was catching up with that i couldn't even try but i most weeks, I, most weeks I win because I have that kind of unfair advantage, I think, when I'm in work. Um, but the days that we're off, we try and, it, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge. But she's doing really well keeping up with me now. She is. She's, she's so. flying it. Uh, yeah, you were, you were never going to beat her that weekend. Uh, oh, not a chance. Not unless I walked it with her. <laughs> no, not a chance. Um, how important has it been for you to kind of understand the scales? I think this is the biggest thing that kind of comes up from working with predominantly females. Lads do struggle with the scales as well. But from working with girls in particular, what like what has changed for your mindset towards it? Like what education or what kind of systems have you put in place and being able to recognize when it's up, when it's down and not impacting your mood? Yeah, um, I think if I wasn't doing the progress photos and the measurements, it would definitely have impacted my mood. I think because I'm using all three, it shows that that week. So like I weighed myself on Sunday and I weighed myself on Monday and it was 2.4 kilos of difference in those two weigh-ins. So I was 2.4 kilos heavier on the Sunday than I was on the Monday. So obviously, and I wouldn't normally weigh myself week to week, but I was rushing out to work Sunday morning and I said, I'll just weigh myself. And then I thought, that's not right. That's much heavier than I was last week. Maybe I'll leave it, leave it till tomorrow when I had more time to kind of, to relax in the morning or whatever. So I weighed myself then Monday morning and I was 2.4 kilos less than the day before. So I know how easily, how massively it can fluctuate. Like it's not just a pound here or there, like two and a half kilos is a massive fluctuation. Um, but the weeks, so every single week that I've weighed in, I have, I think I've had three weeks where I was higher, where I went up, but every week consistently, I think at least four out of the six measurements have come down. So even though when you step on the scales and see it go up and even though you, like, it doesn't ruin my day, but I do kind of go, oh, I really want that to be down this week. <laughs> you know, even if it was only 0.1 of a kg, I wanted it to be down. I didn't want it to be the same or be up. But then when I do my measurements, they have, they've consistently come down every week since I've started and it might only be. 0.2 of an inch or whatever but it's still coming down it's not even one or two of them stayed the same for a couple of weeks here and there but I've always had especially around my tummy I've had massive a drop there so I'm noticing that even when the scale is up it's not the end of the world because once I see my photos like I mean I remember seeing the, the first set of progress photos when I saw myself and I thought oh my god especially the photo from me from the back I always compare it to I don't know if you've seen the movie Shallow Hal with um, Gwyneth Paltrow and there's yeah. the scene where she's in the bedroom and she takes off the underwear and it shows you from behind 
And I, when I see my photo of me from behind, that's what I see. I see her standing there in the movie and all the lumps and bumps. I thought, I can't believe that's what I look like from behind. Because when you see yourself in the mirror, like your T-shirt might look a little bit loose at the front, but mine was just completely stretched on my back. And I wasn't aware that that's how I looked when I walked around in the T-shirt. And it just, I was horrified by it. So when I saw it compared to my two weeks later, how much looser the T-shirt was in just those two weeks, I, cu I couldn't believe it. So it wouldn't have mattered to me if the scales were up that week, I don't think, because looking at those photos, which is not something I've ever done before. So, and you know yourself, I've sent you over some other random ones like my shorts and things like that. And there's been just amazing differences. Like, And that, I think even if I wasn't doing measurements and I wasn't weighing myself, I think those photos would be enough to keep me going. Yeah, like the photos, the difference in the photos have been like even week to week. Uh, it's definitely been consistent for you with the measurements, yeah. the clothes, because you've you've kind of I'm kind of I encourage you guys to do it in the same clothes. So make yeah. sure that we understand that there's some constant measure. Yeah. But you in particular is like right. I'm getting into this to do my photos, and I think there's a pair of shorts that you were taking. Yeah, the photos yeah, the of. Shorts, and the legs difference, the the, <laughs> yeah. the bum difference, the everything. Yeah, and even, your, even the bicycle shorts are now loose at the end. Yeah, they should be. They should be tied on you like they're supposed to be snug like but they've come loose on the ends because there's been that much of a difference yeah it's it, it's crazy and the measurements are, have have flown down um and i think that like as you said the importance of the non-scale victories for yourself um how important has it been for you to kind of set small little goals along the way because generally when a lot it, i think it's any fitness journey or any journey it doesn't matter what it is we're all amazing at set setting goals that are so so unrealistic yeah <laughs> That's a polite word. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I first contacted you, it was just, for me, it was just about weight loss. I probably told you it was like for my health. Well, obviously, my health is a part of it. But in my head, I was like, so I was pushing 17 stone, which is the heaviest I'd ever been. And I was thinking when I was slim, when I was healthy, I would have been about 10 and a half stone. So in my head, that's my ideal kind of body weight. Now, I don't know if that's scientifically correct or whatever way it works. But for me, that was the weight that I was when I was, when I felt I was kind of slim and healthy. So for me to realize that I'm almost half, I'm more than half of my healthy body weight overweight, I just thought I have to do something. So in my head, I went, I have to lose six stone. I need to get rid of six and a half, six, six and a half stone. Now that I've lost over two stone, I'm kind of like, I obviously I'd like to lose more because I'm not where I think I want to be, but I'm happy with where I am now. <clears throat> so like when I look in the mirror now, I'm not looking at myself and going, God, I hate that lump there or that bump there. I'm just... I'm happy because I'm thankful that I'm not the size I was three months ago. You know, that, you know, especially when I look at my original, my very first progress photos, and I think, God, I, I always think, did I actually let myself get that big? Like, I'm just, you know, because I would have been so active when I was younger to see myself get so big. And I remember when I was younger thinking, God, I'll have to be careful that, you know, didn't want to imagine myself gaining weight. Like, you know, and then when I see the photos, I'm just like, I can't believe I let it get that bad. You know, like, I mean, 17 stone is quite heavy. I'm only about five foot three quite heavy for someone of my size so <clears throat> excuse me I don't know what's going on with my voice today <laughs> um but yeah so I I just to see the difference now it's not so much about the weight loss like the weight loss is a bonus um and I remember saying that to you because you were saying I don't want you to burn yourself out trying to get out and do running and, and everything but it's it's more because I enjoy the running now um and the weight loss that comes with it is is a bonus and I'm not running that often I might run twice a week and I'll try the 5k every two weeks and the first couple of weeks I didn't get it and then I got like 600 meters away and I couldn't run anymore because it was too windy and I was devastated but I got it the following two weeks after but like it took me nearly three quarters of an hour to do it but I did it I finished it you know and <laughs> um, yeah so yeah I, I think I think that has been a massive thing for yourself that you've kind of got out of your comfort zone with things along the way as well 
you've shown up more often than not. You've got competitive. You've got your, the accountability from myself and Melanie as well. And I think that's hugely important. But I think what's been massively important for me to understand from your side of point of view was to have the support from being back from home as well. Because I think you're very fortunate in that regard that your your husband is very supportive of what you're trying to do. How important has that been for yourself? Well, if I had someone who wants to eat takeaways often as me and would have been as stubborn as I was at the beginning, and I was like, I'm not eating that. I mean, you, you, I remember telling you how many of the vegetables I actually eat. Like, um, he would be different. He'd be the total opposite. He'd eat anything. So he was quite happy. And because he's in the army, he has to pass fitness tests and stuff. So for him, he was always trying to eat that bit healthier. I was always the one dragging him down. Come, let's get a takeaway. And and there was times where he'd say no, and times where he'd, he'd just say yeah, fine. But it's never him who suggested a takeaway. It was always me. It was always my idea. And um, so it was much easier to get him to eat the same meals as I was eating because he was happy to have a healthier meal. So there was no, there was never any arguing with us. So he was totally on board from the minute I said that I wanted to do it. And I, I think in a way, the fact that he didn't mind, not that. He, I thought he didn't mind. I don't know if he minded when I gained all that weight. He never said to me, God, you know, you could do it losing a few pounds. But like, I mean, no man is ever brave enough to say that to a woman. But I think I kind of needed him to say something because he I was just he was happy enough with the way I was. And I was happy enough to just keep going. And I would have just kept gaining and gaining and gaining because even if he'd said something like, you know, you need to be careful, you don't end up with diabetes or whatever else. It was the fact that he just was happy enough to leave me go the way I was. I think that kind of was, I don't know if enabled is the right word. Um, I think I felt like he should have said something, but I know if he had said something, I'd probably have taken his head off. So, <laughs> but the lose, think, lose, really. Yeah. Well, I think for me, sometimes you have to hear it. Sometimes you need someone to say something to you, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, he would have been a very brave man. You know, huh? He would have been a very brave man. A very yeah. stupid man. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't really blame him for not speaking yeah. up. No, but, no, well, I, don't, I don't blame him either, but part of me feels like I kind of was, I didn't have to worry that, you know, he was going to stop being attracted to me. You know, that, you know, like some women would be yeah. worried if I put some weight on my husband to leave me or whatever. I never had that worry because I know, I know that he loves me and I know that it wasn't an issue for him. But I feel like, if someone had said something, I might have done it sooner. But I suppose I'm the only one who can really make me do it anyway. You know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think everyone comes to a point in their own. Like everyone will have. An, everyone can have an opinion on how someone else looks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do I, myself. I, I it's awful, but you do judge people. You see, and you shouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say anything to anyone, but it, it thought does cross your mind sometimes. We see something for any reason, but and then you're then then you start thinking, what is that? What is someone thinking of me when they see me? You know, yeah, I think when when generally when people are kind of judging each other or whenever that's kind of happening, it's normally our own insecurities or we've been there before ourselves. It's whatever we're projecting onto them. So I always kind of use the analogy of like hurt people, hurt people. And if people are willing to say bad things about someone else, they're not feeling very comfortable with themselves. And it, it it's not nice. It's not easy. And I think particularly what's like social media, you've got the dating apps and stuff like that. We're very, very quick to, to judge people. Yeah. But I think if you're not acting on it, I think that's that's a big thing um, as well. What advice would you give to someone else in a similar position? Like you're a working professional with kids, you've got a husband, you've got a lot of things going on as well. Um, what would you, What advice would you give to any other parents out there that are looking to start? Um, even if you can make 20 minutes for yourself, it can make a, a big difference just to get out for 20 minutes and like, you know, get your husband or your partner or someone to, to watch the kids just so you can go for a walk. Um, 
like for me like that I said it was easier for me if I go for a run because I get it done quicker I get my time done but for me like my kids and I know not everybody's kids are in bed early you know like my kids will be some of them go to bed at seven and the others go to bed from eight onwards um but once the youngest ones are in bed I get out then and I leave the kids with my husband as long as he's in the house they're fine so that's when I tend to get out for a walk but just try and make time between you that like I need to make time for him to go for a walk as well or go for a run even if he doesn't he's not doing it for weight loss he's doing it for his fitness because it's part of his job but we have to try and make time for each other so I think making time for yourself is the it's the hardest thing to do as well when you have kids to find that time so you know if your kids are in school or or if they're at home it's it's harder but I think just bring the kids with you if you're going out for a walk even if it's a slow walk you're still moving you're moving faster than you were when you were sitting on the couch yeah i think i've seen i think a lot more people are obviously getting more active with what's going on i i'm like i think bringing kids for a walk can be very stressful as well because the kid can obviously have a tantrum Mm -hmm. um and i've seen i saw one lady recently and she had one kid on the left arm one kid on the right arm and one kid in the pram and like standing on the pram i was like i pray for you (laughs) i don't know how that lady has done it i've never been in that situation but mine are older as well now so, but I like I never understood people who carry the baby when they have the buggy in front of them. But obviously, the baby's been Act crying or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I've been very very lucky with my kids that I didn't have those issues. And I don't know why people often say to me, "How do you make them sleep so long?" And I don't know what I did. I don't know if anything I did was why they sleep the way they do, or if they're just lazy kids. And I don't mean lazy, but I mean like they just enjoy their sleep. <laughs> you know what? Um, it, it my I think. My kids, like they have their days, they, they drive me bananas during the day. But once they have a decent sleep, I can get through anything. Like once you get a decent sleep at night, I think you can kind of manage anything. So, yeah, but, I think, I think that's, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a massive, massive thing that you, a statement that you've just said there about the communication side of things as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to do something and it's, and you're having, and you're potentially getting a little bit of bite back because some people don't necessarily have the, the amazing support that you have. Yeah. I think it is important to say, right, I'm doing this for me because it is important to be a little bit selfish sometimes. Yeah, um, I think you should reach out to people as well. Like I, because obviously I started in, I think it was October, the start of October, the evenings were getting darker. So I, like I've been living where I am nearly nine years now. I know the neighbours who live in the cul-de-sac I live in and I, that was it. And I didn't know anybody else. But um, so what I did was we have a, a residence group in the area and I just like a little desperate series and I put a message out and I said, look, I'm going walking in the evenings. But it's, even though the area is safe, it's just really eerie when you're walking around in the dark on your own. You don't know that there's not going to be someone around the next corner. So I just put out a message to see if any women or any anyone, not just women, anyone in the area fancied joining me for walks. And we actually started up a little, not a walking group, but slowly some of the women dropped off. There is two women who, um, who have consistently gone out every night. So because of that now, I've got people to walk with in the evening where I wouldn't have had that before because I couldn't leave the kids at home and bring and my husband come out with me for us to get out for a walk. So I just we set up a WhatsApp group and I just send out a message or anyone will send in a message if anybody fancy going for a walk. It could be two o'clock in the day or it could be eight o'clock in the evening. But by reaching out to people like that, I found people to walk with. So where I didn't have that before, I had it then. And now and they even said to me that they've been walking for the last two years or so, these two girls, but they never really walked through the winter. And now they are. And one of them actually said to me, like, I feel better for it as well. So so it's kind of helped them too. You know, and there's probably people out there in the same boat looking for someone to walk to, but just not brave enough to to kind of reach out. You know. Yeah, I I, I think that is a lot of people's like are afraid to to reach out and put themselves yeah. out there because they're afraid that it's going to be radio silence. Yeah, and so. especially during lockdown, like all my friends, I'm from Crumlin originally, I live in Tala. All my friends are out with my five k. They're out with my two k. I 
I didn't have anyone that I could like I've my cousin across the way who I would have gone walking with before. Um, and she's out of my my range. I'm not allowed to walk. You know, she's too far away. So I didn't have anyone in the area because I have never really not that I haven't gelled with people. I haven't um, formed proper friendships. I get on it well with all my neighbors. They're all really nice. We all help each other out. But I didn't make any friendships as such that I didn't have them to ask, you know, at that time. That's why I kind of reached out for anyone else that was interested. And like that, there was a few people in the area in the same boat. So, yeah, like uh, I think that's a huge takeaway for someone, especially what like we don't know what it's saying. It looks like well, we're recording this before Christmas, but it looks like we're going back into mm-hmm. some form of uh, lockdown in the next few days, which is not amazing. So I think particularly during winter, it, it can be scary. Uh, men or female uh, kind of going out for walks in the dark and stuff and I think it's really really important to make sure that you are reaching out to to people um, what's the, been the biggest mindset shift for yourself on the whole journey whether it's going to be talking to yourself or whether it be education side of things whatever it is um, I think the information the the kind of the nutritional side of it so that was the biggest thing I needed was information because I think if you remember my original form one of the questions you asked was how motivated are you to succeed and I think I put like 80% because for me without the correct information I didn't feel like I could do it but if you had asked me that same question the following day I probably was at 110% because after speaking to you I felt felt like I need to go after that so once I got that information that I needed what I should be eating how much of certain things I should eat what I not necessarily not just nothing that I need to avoid but how to kind of get my bar of chocolate in like I have a bar of chocolate every single day with a cup of tea whether it's in the evening time or my lunchtime in, in work and um, not having to cut out the chocolate not having to cut out the takeaways completely has been massive in keeping me on track because I look forward to having my takeaway now and I don't think you know I used to like get a smell of a Chinese and be like, I have to have takeaway. And that, that's how bad it was. Um, and that would be after probably eating two or three donuts in the car on the way home. I'd still stop and get a takeaway. So to have that information that I needed on, you know, why I was retaining water, why the scales were going up and down, it was all because of the food that I was eating. So to have that information and that kind of knowledge, that's been the biggest thing for me. And it's made it so much easier to, to make meals, you know, to make food that keeps me from wanting to pick at everything in the press. And then the other little thing is I, I made like myself a little list of low calorie kind of nice things like biscuits that were kind of low in calorie that you could have a few of them with a cup of tea rather than a bar of chocolate. So you felt like you got more from it and um, little things I'd have in the house that on those days, like especially after I'd have a takeaway for two or three days after I have a takeaway, I feel like I'm, I want to pick at things. I want to see I'm opening the presses and stuff. I'm just that little bit kind of more craving the, the crappy foods again. You know, I don't always get them, but I try to keep the really lower calorie stuff in the house. Um, like tuck crackers are brilliant they're only 18 calories or something a biscuit so I'd be picking them out of the press rather than before I was going for a packet of crisps or a bar of chocolate or something so I'm I'm still feel like I'm not like uh, restricting myself but I'm not going crazy eating two or three hundred calories just because I had a takeaway two days ago yeah. so no I, I love that because I was going to ask you for your, little, your hidden gems there when you, <laughs> when you said the tuck crackers yeah. um yeah I think it like for a lot of people, especially if you're kind of if you're at home and you're working from home, I think at the the as I always say, like the 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 barriers have been blurred an awful lot from people working at home. And I think if you can look at kind of lower calorie options, like the fitness chef on Instagram is phenomenal for like yeah. lower calorie options and putting things in perspective of like we think yeah, yeah. one thing is bad. One I thing. actually bought his book a few months ago before. It's incredible. Yeah, Gra- I remember Gra- asking you what your opinion was of him. <laughs> Yeah, Graham's been on. Graham's Graham's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually the book is right there on the windows (laughs) looking at me. Graham's incredible. In a while, but yeah. 
um yeah i think i think if you can find substitutes or kind of like just be mindful of like just because something has doesn't because something says protein in front of it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean well, that's when i when i tried last i remember i said i tried on my own like i've tried to do this on my own that was i bought that book and i read half of it in about a half an hour i don't know i just sat down and read the whole lot but a lot of it didn't still didn't make sense all the macronutrients and stuff like that sort of stuff still sort of confuses me but I, when I was sending you the pictures of the foods that I was eating at the beginning, that made me put better stuff on my plate because I knew I had to send a picture to you. So it made me, and it made me put less on my plate. And that I needed that because that made me realize the foods that worked for me because I counted calories for the first, I think it was three or four weeks. And then I just, I didn't want to count calories because to me, in my head, that was like doing a diet, you know, like it was that, oh, I have to count my calories. I have to log everything. But once I started realizing, right, these foods keep my calories lower than I'm actually supposed to be eating for a day, not on purpose, but just that, there was enough food there to keep me full. Then I stopped counting calories and I just sort of stuck with the same foods. And then if I wanted to try something new, a new meal or a new recipe, I'd figure out what the calories were in that, whether it was worth eating. Like, if, you know, I, I discovered the other day, 100 grams of bacon waffles, the crisps, is like 477 calories. And I was totally amazed. Like, I didn't, didn't possibly think it could be that much in one packet of crisps. But um, no, not a big pack, but still. <laughs> um, but like, I'll always look at the calorie content of stuff when I buy it now before I wouldn't have even thought of it. But I don't log my calories anymore. I just kind of, I know the omelet I have in the morning has whatever amount of calories and that if I ate everything I ate the first day, I would be below the calories I was trying to stay under anyway. So I don't, I don't obsess over calories, but I am aware of them. Yeah, no, I, I remember, I remember getting that text from you about kind yeah. of the calories. You're like, Shane, I'm not going to count calories anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah that, just that's a okay. chore for me because I, I didn't want to do it in the first place, but I felt like I needed to do it, that it was important, you know, just to get an idea of what I was putting into my body. Yeah. And I think I, I had to think what amount of calories I was eating when I was eating the takeaways, how many calories I was having a day with all that. So I can tell you now, I won't. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, no, the, like the, I remember when you sent me that text, and I, I think some people can be afraid of saying that to the coach, like, I actually don't want to do this. And I remember, I was like, that's that means you one, you're thinking about things, and two, you've changed something in your routine that something's clicked for you. Yeah. So I think when well, I kind hear, of I kind of eat mostly the same stuff yeah. all the time. You know, I, now and again I'll have something different, but because I was eating the same stuff every week and I was logging the same information, it just felt like what's the point in doing this? I mean, I know that that's the same amount of calories I ate last Monday or I ate last Wednesday. I don't really need to keep. It's like writing lines. It's right, like writing the same thing down all the time because I was mostly eating the same stuff. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people when they hear kind of calories, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be a death sentence." And I think that's not what it's for. Like, obviously, I've got clients who haven't counted a calorie ever. And I've yeah. got clients who count calories religiously. I've got clients that don't count calories or do it intermittently. You go in, you go, you do a day, the odd day every kind of few weeks if needs be. If you feel like things are getting a little yeah. bit, yeah, uh, and I think that I think that's huge. Um, but I definitely think I needed it at the start, even just for the week, the first week, just to see what I was eating and and what was like what I was enjoying that was a decent size, like portion of calories, you know, like that. I'm if I say right, I want to have this bar of chocolate. So like my go-to bar of chocolate now is the Galaxy Ripple, because you feel like you've had a whole bar of chocolate and it's only 175 calories. So Jeez. for me, yeah, so that's not bad. So because because you know, like you open a twirl, let's say like that'd be the most similar chocolate. If you open a twirl and you say, I'll just eat one of the bars. The other one is staring at you in the open pack. It makes you, you're kind of like, oh, I'll just have it. It's an extra few calories. I'll just cut back somewhere else. But with the Galaxy Ripper, when you open it and the pack is empty, then you're satisfied because you've had your bar of chocolate and you feel like you've finished it. 
that's that's how my mind works anyway um you're not alone on that because i think that's my, that's my go-to chocolate and i always love galaxy chocolate anyway so it's a bonus <laughs> and i also value my life too much to take chocolate off my <laughs> value my life way too much yeah. um have you found that people have kind of come to you asking for advice and how you're doing things since um yeah like if, if someone because of like the clothes i wear to work are quite loose anyway so nobody's really like i've had two or three people at work have noticed that I've lost weight and they've said it to me and most of them are lads. I don't expect them to notice anyway. Um, <laughs> no offense. Don't <laughs> I, I don't expect them to say it even if they did. You know, like if I got a new haircut, they wouldn't say anything then either. You know, um, it's just not the type of people that I work with. But um, yeah, sometimes people would say to me, God, you know, they might see something on Instagram or Facebook and say, God, you're doing really well. Um, you know, and they'd say, like the other day I was in the canteen and someone said to me, oh, there's donuts and croissants there. Do you want one? But you're probably doing too well on your, your journey to on your weight loss to have one. And I said, no, I, I don't want one. I said, but I might have one later. You know, like I said, I don't have to not have it. And then they were kind of like, okay, like then how does this work? Like, so then I just said, look, I always say to people, look, you know, I always say the coach is amazing that I work with. And I know you're probably going to be embarrassed now <laughs> if you don't do well. You know me so well. <laughs> but um, no, I would say like he's really good um, a lot of stuff. And I'll always tell them, look, go listen to his podcast. And um, like one of the women in work said, oh, I must get his details off after Christmas or whatever. So I'd say, look, just listen to the podcast. And I'll always tell them to listen to the female fat loss one. And because that was the one that got my attention was listening and finding out that, you know, maybe sometimes you need a little bit more, um, you know, you need a few more calories the week of or whatever it is. Like I still haven't worked out where my week is, but I know that sometimes if I'm reaching for the chocolate more, I'll just eat some more fruit. So or I'll eat fruit before I have a piece of chocolate. I'll eat like an orange or something, a little mandarin. And then I'll have my bar of chocolate because I feel like I've had a little bit more sugar. Um, and that stops me from reaching for another bar or whatever, you know. So, um, but I have a fruit bowl on the table. And even if I'm not particularly in the humor of it, I'll just pick something up out of it and I'll just eat it just to have gotten the extra pieces of fruit in during the day. So, but um, yeah, people have always said to me like, you know, like, so what are you doing? I said, well, I'm not even, I'm not even in the gym. I'm literally just walking. That's most of this has been achieved by walking. Like I've definitely walked a lot more than I've ran. Um, I yeah. maybe ran 10, 15 times in the last three months, but I've done walks every day. Like I get out every day for a walk on my camp. Yeah, no, I, th- I think when people hear diet, they think they just have to restrict and they can't have yeah, no, that. Was me. <laughs> but you're not the only one because I think that's the biggest thing is even when I'm, say, if I'm out, like I met the lads on the weekend and maybe one or two comments are like, oh, well, so you can't have this. I'm like, yeah, why? Yeah, like I was at my dad's yesterday morning and he made me a cup of tea and he said, do you want a biscuit? He says, oh, you probably can't have one. I said, no, I'll have one. It was just a shortbread. But he gave me a pack and there was four left in it. And before I would have eaten the entire four of them. But yesterday I just took one and I put the rest of the pack back and I was, I was just happy just to sit and have a biscuit with my cup of tea. Um, yeah. But instead of overindulging and having the four, four biscuits, which is what I would have done three months ago, I just had the one biscuit. And then like, I remember when I just started, the big thing for me was not having to tell people that I was trying to to lose some weight because you're, there's always a party that wonders what if this doesn't, I don't succeed. And then they go, oh, well, she didn't do a great job. And I remember being in my mother-in-law's house, I think I was like in my second week and I hadn't really had any chocolate in the first week. I kind of, I was trying to be go- not good, but I was trying to, <laughs> trying to kind of just figure out where I was with the fields I was eating without putting chocolate into it for the first week. So the second week I was in her house and every time she makes me a cup of tea, she gives me a bar of chocolate. So this week she came out and she handed me a bounty bar. And instead of turning around and saying to her, oh, actually, I'm trying to be good, which is what I would have said when I was in the slimming clubs and stuff, I'd say, I just took the bar of chocolate and I just, I took the bar off. I said, thanks very much. And I just had a look at the calories and I said, I'll just have half of it because I can't remember what was in it, but it was, I don't know, maybe so around. Yeah. So I said, I'll just have half and I'll put the other half in my pocket. But I just said, you know what, I'm just going to have the whole lot of it and I'll just have less for my dinner or less for my lunch or whatever. So, but I didn't have to say to her, 
oh no, I can't have that bar of chocolate. I, I don't want that bar of chocolate. Well, I want it, but I don't want it because I don't want it to ruin my progress or whatever. I just took the bar of chocolate and ate it and I didn't feel guilty at all about it. So I think that's a big thing that a lot of people are, are like can't struggle with is when they go over to or they're having meals out or they're going to other people's houses for, for food and they're on a fitness journey or a diet or whatever it may be. They're afraid of being rude. And I think the Irish mammies uh, don't really deal with no's very well yeah. when it comes to uh, portions. <laughs> uh so it's it's kind of like just finding out whatever your happy medium is and, so, and as you've said you've kind of figured out right i'm actually going to have whatever i'm going to have and then i can adjust it throughout the rest yeah. of the week or throughout the rest of the day yeah, the rest of the day or the rest of the week whichever it needs to be like yeah and i think know? there's there's so there's so many little nuggets that you've dropped in there from like the non-scale victories the like the fruit for the cravings i think for yourself with the cravings and stuff like that if there's if you don't notice a massive spike in your cravings you're not you're you're pretty well off because yeah. there's other girls who have crippling cravings. Yeah, yeah. well, I, my problem would have been I wanted chocolate all the time. I wanted yeah. sweet stuff. I wanted, like, you know, I'd get breakfast and I'd pick up a roll in the morning. I might have a roll at lunchtime and I'd have a takeaway in the evening. And in between, I'd have chocolate and everything else. So it was it was just a ridiculous amount of food to be eating. Like, and it wasn't that I liked takeaway because it was convenient. I genuinely enjoyed eating it. Like, I genuinely enjoyed the flavor, taste of it. And I still do. I just don't eat it as often anymore, which yeah. makes when I have it that little bit better then. Yeah, you have to enjoy the savour a little bit more. That sounds like. <laughs> yeah, no, but you, yeah, no, you do. You, you do. Know? But uh, I also notice a difference in my body the next day. You know, like I'm much more sluggish. I if I have it later in the evening, I'm absolutely starving when I wake up the next morning. Yeah. Like that was a massive issue I used to have when I'd I'd have takeaway at ten o'clock at night, like because you might order at nine o'clock and it might be ten o'clock before it arrives. And when you wake up the next morning, you like you feel sick with the hunger after having just eaten a couple of hours ago. Like, yeah it's, just, yeah, it's just not very filling. And I think a lot of people are kind of like, they'll probably be listening to this now and they're like, oh, that actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, well, that's that. Yeah, it's just your body. It's just not very filling. And it just doesn't stay there for very long. It's funny uh, because you feel stuffed when you've eaten it. You know, yeah, it's just because you know, the richness, the milk, all that kind of stuff yeah. and, and the sugar. Um, but Cassandra, there's so many little nuggets there from the headspace you changed, the education the just getting up and doing it and the routine that you've created so i cannot thank you enough for 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 coming on and and i know cassandra is like my uh she's beating around tala talking about swf <laughs> just, i do it everywhere i go it's madness <laughs> I and i love the way i work about it last night just and he, he doesn't need to do it anyway like he's really thin um and he we were just chatting in the car because in the bags he came out to give me a hand and um, we were just chatting away and he was saying to me, I knew he had lost weight, you know, but he would have said it to me before I'd even lost any weight. He would say to me, God, you're wasting away. It's just polite. like." And um, I was having a chat to him and I was explaining to him all the, the bits and pieces that I've taken away from working with you. And um, he was like, God, you're motivating me. And I was like, if you lose any more weight, you're going to disappear. <laughs> you know? yeah. But um, yeah, but he even said, geez, you're even motivating me sitting here. So I think because people see that, like they can see the difference in where I've come like, like that. You see the photos, the befores and the now there there's massive changes in them and then to hear how how easy it's been i mean i i haven't struggled once in the last i think this is about 12 week 12 now isn't it i haven't struggled once i've never felt like oh god you know i don't know how i'm going to get through tomorrow or anything i've literally found it easy every day and that's the big thing i take away i remember saying to melanie saying to me that she felt that she you know this was working for her because she said like you i think you might have said in a podcast or you may have said to her can you see yourself doing this in 20 years and she feels like, yes, I can, because I didn't have to feel guilty when I had a slice of birthday cake on my dad's birthday. You know, I didn't have to feel bad about this. I can have this when I want it. I just have to adjust for the rest of the week. 
and it's manageable. I remember her texting me one day at the beginning, she got me started, she said, it feels so wrong to be eating a scone on a, on a diet and she had it like in inverted commas, you know, and a thing. And I was like, yeah, but that's a good thing. Like you can have the scone. If you want to have the scone, you can have the bar of chocolate. And that's what makes it easy because you don't have to spend the whole day wondering how many calories I have to save for a bar of chocolate. You know, you just have it and worry about it later on, you know. But for me, yeah. anyway, that's how I do it. <laughs> that was, I, remember, I remember getting a text from Manny probably after week one or week two and she was like, Shane, this is too easy. What's wrong? Yeah, what's the like, catch? Yeah, she kept saying that to me. What's the catch? Yeah, she kept saying I was like, there is no catch. Yeah. It's like chill out. Like, but it, it's always because of like having tried every single diet that's yeah. out there. You know, you do think there has to be a catch list. There has to be something. And there genuinely hasn't been. It's been like that. I have my takeaway once every two weeks. I have my chocolate every day. I have bread, which is massive because I love bread. I don't have to cut out bread or anything. I just have to. And I don't go, oh, I have to have that bread because that's the lowest calories. I'll just say like yesterday I had two slices of white bread because I wanted them. And I just said, right, well, I'll just have a little bit less for lunch or I'll have something different that's lower in calories for lunchtime, which will save me some calories. But I'm still eating the same amount of food. So that's the part for me that you're not saying, well, that's so many sins or that's so many points, you know? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. And I, and you know where I stand on those terminologies of sins and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and anything that has a negative connotation toward food is not going to last very long. So yeah. I think if anyone's listening to this, uh, on a kind of first of January buzz, you're better off leaving the foods in. You're better off yeah. trying to go slowly, slowly rather than going feast or famine from going for feast. My, my biggest thing was the foods. Absolutely, was yeah. the foods. I mean, like I said, being in an active job and still gaining weight at the rate that I was gaining it, it just goes showed up by changing the food. My, I just went the opposite direction. I started going down instead of up. Yeah, and you know? I, I, you're what nearly thirty pounds down, but I think the the, 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 the I gave one kilos down, fifteen yeah. kilos on the button. And I think I remember when we came on, I was when you came on the screen, I was like, because I remember the, the first yeah. time I seen it, I was like, yeah, because I, I see the photos all the time, but I don't necessarily see them on the cameras yeah. and stuff. And uh, I just I couldn't get over it. Um, yeah. So you should be extremely proud of yourself for what you've done, particularly with the, with the weirdness that is 2020. Mm. Uh, and I'm excited for to set the, to set the little goals for you for 2021. Yeah. Um, for that, so th- getting those jeans. <laughs> yeah, the non-scale. I can, See, I can close them now. I just they're not comfortable to wear now. Yeah, but, but um, I'm yeah. That's that's my kind of New Year thing is to get into those jeans comfortably. And next. as Cassandra just said, it's a non-scale goal. So yeah. which is always important to kind of have those kind of like outfit goals. But I think there's a lot of weddings kind of coming up for a lot of clients and stuff in the next little while. I think that's where that's going to come in as well. But Cassandra, I cannot thank you enough for uh, for coming on and having a chat. Um, guys if you've enjoyed the episode please do tag Cassandra and I up on your story if Cassandra allows me to share it uh, and leave a review up on iTunes Cassandra thank you so much for coming on you're more than welcome